Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. When you dance before games, people get very upset. It's, oh, very do you, upset. Do you laugh, though, at the media who makes it a big deal as though the other team wasn't trying until you danced on the logo? To be honest, man, I'm a social, social media genius. I make a lot of money dancing on logos. Minus three with Dave Damaschek. Social media genius Juju Smith-Schuster and some of the Philadelphia Eagles in the news post-Super Bowl. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented by Omaha. As always, we appreciate you checking us out. Follow along on Twitter, Extra Points on Instagram, Facebook, you know, social media kind of stuff. And head over to ExtraPoints.com, get into the arcade, play with us, against us, everybody at the Extra Points Network. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass in just a second here. Brad Spielberger, one of the best, if not the best, capologists out there to answer all of our questions as we pivot away from actual football and into the building exercise for autumn 2023. We'll get to that in just a second. Eddie Spaghetti, though, real quick, your thoughts on the Juju v. Eagles stuff. I got to stay consistent. I don't like. When the winning team trash talks my side, it bums me out. I hate that guy for doing it, so on and so forth. But, you know, listen, fair is fair. The Eagles were all over the Niners for the preceding fortnight because the Niners were insisting if Purdy didn't get hurt, we would have beaten that team anyway. And it just seemed like sour grapes and lame and all that kind of stuff. And now the Eagles are mad at Juju for posting a silly little, whatever it was, a little meme or whatever at uh, James Bradbury for holding. If you missed it, it was Valentine's day and Juju, like uh, it was a picture of James Bradbury saying like, I'll always hold you tight or something like whatever, whatever the joke was. Sure. I say, Good. Better, better than Jersey swapping on the field. Right. I, I, you know, we're in this weird, this, the chiefs fans after the super bowl probably uh, tweeted too much with the, the holding stuff. Like I think sometimes less is, is more you, you won the game, you know, move on from it. Don't have to keep battling people constantly. And then Juju, uh, the player comes in here and does this. I would normally say it's kind of lame, especially because James Bradbury did come out and say, look, I, I held him. Like when, when a player d- does that admits fault, it's to me, it was kind of shocking. I was like, okay, wow. I give him a lot of credit. Uh, obviously former giant too. So I was, I'm a fan of James Bradbury's, but uh, Juju's post was so funny and so well done that I almost like give like, you know, he's good at social media. And that was a funny post. It wasn't just a tweet. It was the picture. It was the, it was the fake Valentine's day card. It was funny. And you know what? It stinks to hear this. If you're an Eagles player or a fan or part of the, the organization, he won the chiefs won. Like they're allowed to do that. Um, you know, the, the, the play was a penalty. Juju could say what he wanted. Didn't have a huge game. You know, he had like six, seven catches. So he had a fine game. He's allowed to do it. And yeah, I think you got to let him have his moment. It's a different debate if you should do it, but he's allowed to do it, obviously. Um, but First Amendment and all that. And whether or not it's a, the classiest way to do it is besides the point. It makes things more fun. And as I say, given a choice between the two, would I rather players end every game? Not the Kelsey's. That was lovely stuff. Those two brothers and their mom and all that. But those guys accepted. It's fine for 
players on opposite sides to show that they don't like each other. It's better than them doing the jersey swap and prayer circle. Do all that if you want to do it. Just don't do it in front of the fans. We, we're we already deluding ourselves to think you care as much as we care about the game result. So at least give us that. That's all I'm asking for, players. So in the spirit of competition and rivalry and some bloodlust, I say cheers to you, Juju, and keep on doing it. By the way, to shill a little bit more for myself, go to at Damashek. I put it out on social media, the more extended back and forth that Juju and I had before the Super Bowl. If you want to hear more of his thoughts on his social media vibe and all of that stuff. But right now we'll move away from the visceral stuff that happens on the field and on to, like I say, all things cap and free agency and otherwise. Let's get to it with our guy Spielberger. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Building the perfect same game parlay can be time consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre-built same game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code Omaha Full, and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, just in time. I, I I know I'm a basketball guy now slash a hockey guy, but of course I'm just jiving myself and attempting to jive you by representing myself otherwise. My eye remains on football and who better to talk about what we just saw, what lessons we can learn from the 2022 season as we now move in to the period of free agency and draft, figure out all those things than the guy you know on PFF and from over the cap, he may be 
the number one go-to source for dopes like me who don't fully understand the nuance of the cap and otherwise. It's Brad Spielberger. What's happening, fella? How are we doing? Doing well. You, you mentioned a bunch of sports and you're wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. You didn't even give them a shout out. Well, I'm nothing if not loyal. That shows the depth of how far I'll go, that I still will wear this admittedly handsome black cap with the with the handsome golden P on it. Wait, golden P, that doesn't sound right. Let's just move on. Uh, by the way, just before we got going here, I got to tell the audience, because I'm a big advocate of not merely surviving during your time here on the Big Blue Marble, but truly living. And Spielberger is doing the latter. He is married to a doctor who's from New Orleans. So soon Spielberger will just be able to laze about and watch football and and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't have to get paid to do it. He's going to be married to a doctor after all. And then when it's time to go to holiday at her family's place, he's going to New Orleans. That is truly living. Muzzle tub to you, Spielberger. I appreciate it. The jackpot. We were there a couple of weeks ago, saw some parades for early Mardi Gras. You know, it doesn't get any better. No, indeed. I mean, I, I, I think the, is it going too far to say that if you have a three-day weekend to spend in any one American city, that New Orleans is where you should go? Easy, easy answer, yes. I, You know what? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we park our cars in the same garage there. So you heard my spiel at the top. I want to use this as sort of a setup, a tee up, a free agency 101 as we now head into away from actual football and into team building for next football season. So let's start with the obvious. Who's winning the Super Bowl next year? No, no, no. Okay. Well, that's, that's not why I have you here. Um, let's start though with the team that just did win the Super Bowl. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, what issues are they facing in terms of sustaining that roster? I know they'd love to be able to just run it back. What it would players are more likely than not to move on from KC this offseason? This should scare a lot of people, but there's no one they can't retain. They were actually 20th in cash spending this year um, and have every – I would have answered the question with the Kansas City Chiefs if, if we stuck with that question. So the one big one will be Orlando Brown Jr., of course, their left tackle. I think he'll get franchise tagged again right around $20 million. And maybe they find a way to work out a long-term deal this time around. Um, but otherwise, they can keep or not keep whoever they want. Did you get the vapors from Juju uh, on social media, his back and forth with the with the Eagles defenders? Yeah, you know, I think A.J. Brown had the true mic drop at the end there, calling him a one-year deal TikTok boy. Uh, but, hey, that one-year deal, he earned an additional $6.5 million in incentives uh, tied to making and winning that Super Bowl. Uh, so that was, you know, he, he definitely had the last laugh uh, with that whole ordeal. Well, I think Juju did because he has the Lombardi and A.J. Brown does not. But but either way, is Juju back in Arrowhead in 23? I think it's 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 fairly likely. Um, hmm. I mean, look, let, let the, the team from a receiver standpoint and targets, receptions, uh, receiving yards, all those things, stayed healthy for the most of the year, had a couple things pop up, but was able to play through it. And, and I don't think he's going to break the bank. Like, I, I still think he's going to get $12, $13 million a year. Because I think at this, at this point he's viewed as a number two. I guess he was their number one, but Travis Kelsey is really their number one. Um, so, yeah, I think he could be. I also think they could look to upgrade or add multiple other players. Um, they, Like I said, they, they, I think adding another like impact wide receiver for the eventual departure of Travis Kelsey could, could be on their mind. 
Yeah, I, I guess we should cover this. I, it's something I think you and I talk about every time you you pay a visit here to minus three. But to set the table for new listeners and for me, because I'm dumb and I can't fully grasp what goes on with this. Have we reached a place five, 10 years ago, if you paid your QB, your franchise QB, his relative value, um, which at this point is what, $45 million for a high-end QB, let's say in that ballpark, it used to be, and I would lean into the rhetoric that, well, this means that you don't get to, to, to maintain a lot of your core because you're paying him a greater percentage of the cap, your QB. Has that been modified effectively enough so that now you can have your cake and or QB and eat it too? It's funny. I saw this on the on the sheet and I was glad it was on there. I actually had a conversation with a, a league cap guy recently, and he was talking about how the growth of quarterback contrast has exceeded the growth in the salary cap, and, and it's gotten arguably out of hand. So look, with Mahomes, his deal is probably the best value contract in the entire NFL. I know that sounds crazy, but for him, $45 million a year with 10 years of flexibility, um, and the cash flows were so low for him, it enabled them to pot, uh, extend Chris Jones, extend Travis Kelsey, all these guys. But for the other guys, for those the guys that are getting the 40-45 and maybe aren't worth 40-45, I think teams actually tell you it's harder now. Um, and that quarterback compensation hmm. has probably gotten out of hand to a degree because there's just there's no middle tier to speak of. Like a guy like Derek Carr signs the 40 million per year deal and gets cut a year later because he's just not good enough to justify that contract. It, it re- well, so so then that conversation does roll on because I thought maybe I, it had become outmoded that with the, the nuance that escapes me and I think most people who follow it, even people who, you know, get paid to talk about football, the nuance of the revisions annually or or at least every couple few years that people point to with, I see that's what Tom Brady did. He gave money back to the team and was able to round out the rest of the roster. As a result of all that, it does seem like when teams want to pay guys, they're able to find the cash somehow, right? I mean, that's a recurring conversation that I know you and I have had that really the teams that wish to have their cake and eat it too seem to find a way to do it. Is that the bottom line or, or, or is it more complicated than all that based on the conversation you just mentioned there? So it is. And this is the thing that sports fans don't want to hear, but that just boils down to how rich is your owner? Again, in relative sense, cause they're all rich, but is your owner NFL owner rich or is he, you know, Brad check rich. Um, and, and that then spills into, can you afford to do it or can you not? Why don't, um, I know there are rules against it, but is is the is the short answer. But the whole Tom Brady thing and, you know, Seth Wickersham has covered it in a fair amount of detail. Other people rumor monger. But but either way, it does seem like the make good from the Patriots side, from Bob Kraft's side, where Tom Brady was concerned, was to let him profit off of TB12 and, in fact, steer teammates into TB12 and build that business and make money that way. Even if you can't properly do that out in the open, what would I, what, who's catching an owner if he's like, all right, your contract says twenty million, but here's five million dollars in a in a briefcase for you, fella. Like, why why, why doesn't that happen, or does it happen? I actually think that there are interestingly creative ways to go about this that could be more loopholes like TV 12. The big one from I always think of is now with media and all these guys wanting to become TV broadcasters, like. 
Why not say, hey, we'll give you the official you know, X team podcast and you, whenever you feel like it, can go on there and build your brand and, and do all these things. We'll put you on camera. You can use all the, you know, I think that's one angle where you maybe could could carve it out and say, hey, we're investing in you and we're helping you make money in your next career. We're actually giving you duffel bags full of cash. But we're, you know, kind of building your personal brand. Um, you know, I don't think there are, you know, teams like circumventing it truly with, with you know, cash expenditures. Um, but hey, I mean, maybe they are. We just don't know about it. Well, here's a really nice bottle of whiskey. Does that get the deal done, fella? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, in a way, now that you mention it, it makes me think of Magic Johnson. Didn't they give him a lifetime contract like 30, 40 years ago, the Lakers? Didn't they give him like a million dollars a year for the rest of his life? Or am I making that up? I, I, know, feel I think like- you're right. He's like an ambassador of the team or whatever. I, I think that is. And I think Scotty Pippen had that with the Bulls for a stretch after they took him to the woodshed and would refuse to redo his contract back in the day. Um, So, yeah, there, there are creative ways to you know finagle the money a little bit. So bottom line where the reigning champions are concerned, Patrick Mahomes will easily remain in the fold and there's enough latitude with his deal or or the relatively low number that it is. And by the way, as a side note, I do think that we get stuck in the here and now with like up against the cap paying him that amount of money um, is going to jam them up for years on end, except that the cap goes up every year. So then you do get more room in that th- than you maybe think you have. And when he signed that deal in 21, the cap has gone up pretty significantly in the two ensuing years. So there's more room than you might have thought the Chiefs would have a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, and the thing too is it's going to take a true spike probably next year. So we we did see eight percent growth to two hundred twenty five million this year, which is one of the bigger year to year growths in a while. But you know all the TV money, the seventeenth game money, the gambling money, all those things are really going to hit in twenty twenty three, which is why I think you're going to see all these teams try to push. You know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, yada yada. They're going to want to get this thing done asap because. That when it does take that true quantum leave up to, I don't know, 240, $250 million, a lot of those guys, I think Mahomes, maybe even this offseason, are going to come back to the table and say, all right, it's it's time to, you know, rework this contract a little bit. So McCaskey and uh Mara and Brown and Rooney families are football rich, but you're taught when you talk about multi-billionaire type of things, you're talking about like uh the Walmart. Um, family has a different level of loot to spend. That's interesting in in terms of cash and how that impacts how much they're willing to pay the overall roster. Um, Okay. So, so interesting stuff from the chiefs. And by the way, it occurred to me this morning, the Eagles are getting back Jordan Davis, their, their first round draft pick last year. So you would assume they're going to be a little bit better on defense, but what free agent decisions are, are they looking at? And I, I, I guess it starts with Jalen Hurts getting a new deal. Yeah, but they do have a ton. So, so both starting linebackers, both starting safeties. They now infamous James Bradbury. And the big one for me is Javon Hargrave, their interior defender, who is a perfect fit opposite of Jordan Davis, has a three-tech that can get upfield, one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL. He's the big ticket. He's a guy that I think is going to get like $17, $18, 19000000 million a year. And he's going to turn 30 next year. And I wonder if Philly navigates those waters and brings him back or maybe tries to you know use Davis and some other young guys. But that's the big one for me. The rest, I think they can overcome. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a good player, but I think you can you can replace everybody else. Um, but that one's going to be interesting. It, it's funny. I mean, I'm tired of saying it out loud into a microphone, so I'm sure the minus three listener is sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
I think the Eagles approach to winning is the sustainable um, avenue that they've chosen, no matter who, whether it's Wentz or Foles or Hertz is they really load up at the line of scrimmage, both in the draft and in free agency. I, it, I, I took the Jordan Davis pick as an indication that Hargrave was going to be gone um, this season. I'd like to see him wind up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then again, the Steelers need to try to, to get Larry Ogunjobi. I'm going to resist the urge to talk about the Steelers. Maybe we can get back to them in the last minute or so before I let you go. Meantime, your team, the Chicago Bears, some news out there that the Bears are willing to trade Justin Fields. My reaction to that initially is that um, the Bears are trying to jazz up the first overall pick, the value of it. And, hey, if somebody doesn't step up, we might use it on one of the quarterbacks you guys want to take. Hey, Colts, you hearing us? Panthers, you better step up or else we're going to do something screwy and you won't be happy about it. Is that right? Or do you think they really would move on from fields at this point? I, I think it's smokescreen and, and trying to draw the value. I, I would be shocked if they move on from Justin Fields. I will say – if Caleb Williams was in this draft and he was the top quarterback prospect, maybe they have a different conversation. I love Bryce Young personally, but I just don't think we have that like clear cut, you know, franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence type prospect. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's all just to get the and hey, good for them. Keep leaking all that nonsense all offseason long. By the way, we should also these things that happen. Every year. And then we get some percentage of the football audience gets seduced by the same, uh, you know, the same rhetoric and cliche and otherwise. And we've reached that place here. Just remember a year ago, everybody, you couldn't draft Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis because you would be better off to hold on for Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And just like Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell, what happened to them a year ago when they when they dropped because. Two years ago, you'll remember, well, you don't want to draft any of these kids uh, now because Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell are on the way. And then they play their seasons and then they fall and then they transfer. They move on. This is this is why you don't tank in the NFL. Is that fair? I think it is to a degree. Um, like, yeah, there's always. The, and I, it's funny, too, because for me, it was always Joe Burrow, right, where it was like. Oh, this class is going to stink. The kid transfer, or I guess it was the year before, but no one saw that coming. And then he's a, you know, number one overall pick, been, been to a Super Bowl, and no one thought it was going to happen. I do think Caleb Williams is kind of in that, like, I'm not going to say he can't have a bad year that knocks him down. I think he's like a generational prospect, though. But your, your general sentiment is spot on. I thought that about Stroud a year ago, and now people are finding reasons to poke some holes in him, right? It it, it, it kind of has that vibe to it. And Sam Howell was was the must-have item two years ago, and then by draft last year, he fell into the second round and and was trumped by um, by Kenny Pickett. The point is, you, you, th things move fast in football. I don't know if it's the nature of the game or the way the professional league is structured versus the other major. Um, uh, leagues out there that we that we keep our eyes on here in the U.S. of A. Um, speaking of pro football, though, and what we're keeping our eyes on and what was versus what's about to be the assumption that Trevor Lawrence, because he turned his career around in his sophomore year and the Jags look like a legit team moving forward. The assumption that they will now dominate the AFC South is dinged by the fact that the Texans and Colts are about to get two of those um, coveted QBs, right? I mean, whether it's Levis, Stroud, or Young, 
two of those teams in that division are about to land those two. And then the other um, in the QB league, the division that seems to be on the rise to me is your NFC North. I think Rodgers is going to leave, whether he retires or goes to to the Jets or maybe the Raiders, one way or the other. I think that that divorce is coming from the Packers. And so it's going to be Jordan Love going in there. That division's about to get really good, too. And as I as I uh, as I ramble on and on about my my view, 30,000 foot view of uh, NFL 23, the other intriguing division to me is the NFC South, because as we sit here, none of the teams, not only do they not maybe know who their starting quarterback is, the starting quarterback may not be on any of the four rosters right now, which brings me to Derek Carr, because we've heard him associated with the Saints. I think he's going to go to the Panthers. I think he and Frank Reich are a good fit there, but I could also see in him slinging that deep ball down in Tampa and I, I don't know what's going to be with Lamar Jackson. I like to put him on Atlanta. I think that would be an interesting fit there. But in the Saints, let's start there because that's who Derek Carr sat down with last week. Could they reasonably afford him? Back to our conversation about the affordability of a guy that you really want, even if you're sixty millions up, sixty million dollars up against the cap, as the Saints seem to be. Yep. So the uh, they've begun their annual cap purge and restructuring contracts. They already started doing that uh, this past week. Um, they can't. And, and I think he's going to be in New Orleans Saint. I do agree with you that that entire division, like every quarterback impacts each other. Um, I've heard that the Carolina Panthers might be the most obvious trade up candidate in the entire draft. Um, I think them from seven to three with the Arizona Cardinals is a very popular um, kind of thing you're hearing around the league right now. But um, yeah, they can. They're going to have to restructure a million deals. They're going to have his deal have a minimum salary and and push everything down the road as they always do. Um, But look, I mean, Michael Thomas, I don't think he's going to be there next year. Um, He's better than Andy Dalton and all that. But, you know, they're going to have him and Chris Olave on offense. And then the defense is still good. But Cam Jordan's going to be 33. Demario Davis going to be 33. I just think that house of cards is is falling eventually. Interesting. Yeah, it feels to me like a division that can be had. If you if you are willing to go for it, there's an opportunity for one of those teams or multiple teams to to really do some damage if you land one of those available QBs. Aaron Rodgers will see what he ends up doing. Um, he's an interesting name to to put into Nashville, except given his complaints about the quality of receivers. I don't know that they have what at least currently what he would be looking for in a team there. Um, So bottom line, Derek Carr, if the saints won him, they would be able to create the loot to get him. It then becomes a matter of a football decision in 2023. Is that the best place for Derek Carr to land? Yeah. And I think for him first, Dennis Allen, the head coach, obviously used to coach Derek Carr back with the Raiders a long time ago. I know these splits can be kind of funny, but him playing in a dome is a lot better than him playing outside. So I, I think that helps as well, even though he went into New Orleans this year and made it across midfield for the first time in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, I, I just do think it makes the most sense. I think, you know, the stability, better offensive line than probably he's ever played with. You do have the young receiver in Chris Olave. Um, I, I think that marriage is going to happen. They just didn't want to give up draft capital. And he wanted to give a nice, you know, middle finger to the, to the Raiders on the way out the door. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I could uh, see that going in. I, the splits are fascinating. I think the thing to follow, like any other business or any other relation, follow the relationships. That It is like like we say, any other business. Oh, they got along at, at the previous stop. They, they're they friendly with each other. They, they think they 
um, share a, a, a pigskin philosophy. That's why guys go to certain places. It's also why I, I like Frank Reich with Derek Carr too. So interesting stuff to see where he settles in the, I I think in the Southeast region of, uh, of football America. I mentioned Lamar Jackson. How do you think that resolves itself? I, you and I have done this at least a couple of times here. Um, I feel like the Ravens, Kind of misplayed it, but on the other hand, if they do end up tagging him, it's the best result for the franchise, if not for the player. How say you? I think he's going to get tagged, but I think, and this might be a departure from conversations past, I think him getting traded is more realistic than maybe people want to think. I think both New York teams would be in the mix there. I think Atlanta, like you mentioned, I, I would love <laughs> I like Desmond Ritter, but I think Atlanta also picking at eight could trade up. I think they also could make a play for a guy like Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, he's getting a franchise tag. At, but look, this $100 million chasm between them on the, the fully guaranteed money, the Ravens aren't going to bite there. And it sounds like Lamar isn't either. So franchise tag, which, like you said, maybe he goes the Kirk Cousins route and it maxes out his earnings um, for his career. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets tagged and those teams start calling and the offseason drags on and the Ravens start answering those calls and, and talking compensation. Because I have self-esteem issues, that would be great because I, then I would be right and all the smarts like you would, I said for a year, this is this is getting screwed up and he has more leverage than I think people are giving him credit for having. And I get why the Ravens, you know, with the way he plays and everything and people make excuses. Well, he, he didn't get hurt running the ball. He was in the pocket with both those injuries. But the fact remains that while Tom Brady missed a year because of injury and Breeze had the shoulder injury, his style of play has to scare you when unlike Brady or Breeze or a lot of big brand QBs, He's missed giant chunks of two straight seasons. So you would rightly as a franchise be like, are we definitely going to invest in this guy as our franchise when he hasn't been on the field for, you know, a third or more of the games in the last two years? It's very interesting, but I think it would make sense to move on from him. I'm also going to predict Anthony Richardson. If they move him, it makes sense for the Ravens to go get a guy like Anthony Richardson. Um, but I, I defer to you um, on all that stuff. And I will defer to you now. You just mentioned Lamar Jackson. Maybe if he is a trade candidate to the Giants, it also feels to me like the Giants are all in on Danny Dimes, at least in the short term. What does the Danny Dimes deal look like? Tag, intermediate deal. Because I feel like that's what's going to emerge with Geno Smith and Danny Dimes. To your earlier point, maybe we're not going to commit the $150 million to this guy, but we do know we want to keep him around for the next couple of years. And so that intermediate level QB deal, is that a thing? And if so, does it apply to Dimes and the Giants? You're right. You can, you can try to make it a thing. Uh, it's just very tough to do, especially for, I mean, for Gino, I think it will be a thing. I think we'll see a legitimately mid-tier contract. He's 32 years old with $15 million in career earnings. He's going to take a mid-tier deal if it gets offered to him. For for Danny Dimes, sixth overall pick, can convince himself that he's kind of emerged now, um, you, you know, with, with, with a better core around him, better coaching staff. I think they're the reporting for me has been has been flipped where there a lot of reports are saying they want to pay Danny Dimes so they can maybe tag Saquon Barkley. I think they want to pay Saquon Barkley so they can maybe tag Danny Dimes and buy themselves more time, figure out what a, what a deal you know is fair for both parties. I think they would extend him, like you said, maybe shorter term or have the guarantees run out after two or three years and buy yourself the ability to get out you know earlier. Um, 
But yeah, I just don't understand what people are saying. Yeah, they're going to rush into a, a nine-figure contract just so they can tag Saquon Barkley. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. And I also think that Danny Dimes can convince himself of something, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the league, I know there's all, all you need is one team who believes, but I don't know that Dimes has that much leverage where it comes to a negotiation with the Giants. Cause won't every, won't most teams look at it and say, yeah, but it was with Dable and that was the right situation. And we don't know if we can replicate. I get the egos of offensive coordinators and head coaches in the NFL, but still I could see there being enough skepticism to, for there not to be a big market out there for Danny dimes. Is that a misread or no? No, I think it's a huge gamble. I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you're trying to think of who would then jump into that conversation and give him, if they offer him, you know, in New York, you know, like we said, like you're seeing three years for $35 million a year, like, Who's going to realistically beat that? And I think to a degree also, there's a signal in if the Giants say, you know what, that's fine, you can get the market. Every other team is saying, why do they let that guy go? He, they, they don't think he's worth that. Why would we think he's worth that? They've had him in the building for four years. We're meeting the guy tomorrow. So, yeah, I, I think that they do have more leverage uh, from the Giants side than I think people are, are giving credit for. Last couple of things for you. The, the 49ers are fascinating because it seems as though – Kyle Shanahan, you can plug in a lot of different quarterbacks and they would make some sense. Danny Dimes, I don't think that's a realistic option for them. But, you know, Jameis Winston, would that work for half a season? You know, here's a name for you. Ryan Tannehill. If if Kyle Shanahan can succeed with Brock Purdy and Jimmy G and Matt Ryan, why wouldn't Ryan Tannehill be a, a nice fit there? and hide his deficiencies and with his ability to move around and beyond all that, wouldn't that make some sense? What do, what do you think the Niners do? They can't, they can't spend the whole off season and be like, hope Trey Lance and or Brock Purdy are healthy enough to at least play for us. It seems like neither guy's going to be available in week one, right? Or, or, or am I misreading? No, the, the Purdy injury, I think, was a killer, right? Especially because we still don't really know the full extent. Is he going to get a full Tommy John? Is he going to get a half Tommy John? Like, whatever. It could be a long, long injury timeline, um, and you don't want to rush that guy back on his throwing elbow. So, Fanny Hellig's a great call. I would be kind of surprised if Tennessee does not move on from him. $29 million owed next year. I don't think they want to pay that. Um, I almost think they fired the GM because he – Maybe more so than Rabel wanted to tear this thing down this year, and Rabel wanted to keep trying to make it happen and make it work. Um, that's a great call for for Tannehill. I will say, you mentioned Anthony Richardson, who I love at Florida and who I would love in Baltimore. If Purdy didn't get hurt, Trey Lance to Baltimore would have been a, a hot take of mine this offseason. But I think now they just need these guys to get healthy. I don't think it was a hot take from anybody. I don't want to get up on Mount Pius about it, but the Deshaun Watson deal was crazy when it happened. What's the fallout now? Uh, an off season. Now there's been the a full season played out around Deshaun Watson, and now we're back into uh, another off season. Now, what what's the result of that crazy contract? Did that level to that guy? And even if it wasn't to Deshaun Watson, troubled soul uh, narrative and all of that aside, two hundred thirty eight million dollars. Is this now? Are are there? Are the other 31 teams still primarily PO'd at the Haslam's for making that deal? Or are they going to have to live up to guaranteed money on that level? Or is it just going to sit there like an anomaly and, and everybody's going to point at the Browns and laugh for the next five years? 
That's what every other owner is trying to do. I think it's pretty funny that the one owner who was on record as saying, I hate the Browns did this was Steve Bishotti, the Ravens owner. Um, and so that's the fallout is that the, the reason Lamar Jackson is not signed is because of the Deshaun Watson contract. That's, that's a fact that, that, that is the sticking point in negotiations is he wants all this fully guaranteed money up front and these other quarterback deals. They still have this rolling guarantee structure. Look, I mean, he can ask for whatever he wants, but the next highest number in fully guaranteed dollar is $101 million. It's less than half of what Deshaun Watson got. So, that's the thing is, you know, uh, it's going to be fascinating in Cincinnati. They can't afford to do that with Joe Burrow. The Chargers can't afford to do that with Justin Herbert. Um, and, and so, like, maybe they get these massive concessions elsewhere because they say, hey, well, if you're not going to give us the Watson full guarantee, then you better give us something else. No, the, the owners are, are cursing the, the Haslam's under their breath every moment they wake every morning they wake up. Well, I mean, and and to bring it on home, I don't bring up the Steelers. Um, well, primarily I bring them up because they're my favorite subject to kibitz about, but also because of like we talk about once your QB starts making a different level of bank, that's where Burroughs headed. Lamar Jackson may be moved out of charm city as a result of his second contract. And then there are the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're laughing at Deshaun Watson's deal too. So Ken Pickett sophomore year, you now are in that window of spending on luxury items and I, I the, the raise in the cap, Next offseason is intriguing stuff. I think right now you have a chance to kind of flesh the roster out. There's not as much room as I anticipated, depending on releases of maybe guys like Miles Jack and otherwise can create some room. Do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason, best you can tell, are more likely to spend the available loot on retaining Cam Sutton and Larry Ogunjobi or going into free agency and going after Tremaine Edmonds, as a for instance. That's been interesting to see their philosophy change, both in spending in free agency. I mean, last offseason with, with uh, James Daniels and some of the other guys they brought in, Miles Jack, like you mentioned, that's more than they usually do. Um, and then also structure-wise. So, I mean, you know, giving in on TJ Watt, giving in on Minka Fitzpatrick, on putting those fully guaranteed dollars in the second year of deals. But I think they will, again, dip their toes in the free agency waters to a degree. Um, I mean, Larry's a good player. They probably want him back. Cam Sutton, also a good player. But there are a lot of interior defensive linemen in this free agency class. So maybe they try to go after a bigger fish there. You mentioned their old pal, Javon Hargrave, um, trying to bring him back into the fold. But corner is weak. So I, I would guess they maybe try to just keep Sutton aboard. Um, it's, it's not a good free agency class there. But if they want to make a bit of a splash, which is very not Steelers-like, they have the resources. You, you mentioned they're not a ton of cap space, but they have a lot of ability to create more if they wanted to spend a little bit. And the rookie contract window is when you spend. One more question then for you uh, in terms of creating cap space. Trubisky, I would hold on to him if it were up to me. You're a bit, This is a perfect uh, the two guys to talk about this because you got an up-close look at Trubisky in that Chicago uniform. As a backup, now, I, I you know, I would not be excited about saying, ever again like yeah 17 games Mitch is our guy but as a backup I think he's in the upper half of that can you reduce the backup QB's cap hit and stay halfway decent if you're the Steelers if you move on from Trubisky I mean the the name that appeals to me I mean like Marcus Mariota would be kind of interesting too but um Jameis Winston seems super intriguing to me I'm not sure exactly what went on for most of the year down there, why they never went back to him, why they would stick with Andy Dalton when you know exactly what Andy Dalton is, why you wouldn't run Winston out there, at least at the back end of the season. Um, 
is that a, a reasonable idea that the Steelers should move on for backup QB? And then I'll let you go because I'm sorry to, to to be talking about backup QBs in February. I know that uh, that you have better things to do than that. But nevertheless, the question is before you, Brad Spielberger. You know, that's what I'm spending my time doing anyway. So I think the thing that works in the Steelers' favor is there are so many guys available. You could probably ask Trubisky to take a pay cut, and he might realize, look around the NFL and realize there's Garoppolo, Winston, uh, you know, Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, yada, 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 all these guys that are in his echelon of, like, probably not a starter anymore, but a solid backup quarterback, um, except maybe Garoppolo. Um, Look, I I always thought Jameis should have gotten more chances this year. I don't know if it was injury-related or what the case was. But yeah, they could, they could, and say, hey, if, if we do have an injury here, we're more confident in the guy we're bringing aboard. Um, you know, Jameis, that's that's a whole other conversation. But look, I know his teammates love him. He can bring a, an energy and a, and, a, and a funness to the locker room that Tomlin may or may not want in that locker room. Um, but you never, hey, backup quarterback is a very important position in this league um, and should never be scoffed at. It matters a lot. I'll offer one more name at you. Gardner Minshew, bring another uh, Eagles player over the Steelers. You know, a solid guy that, you know, maybe pay a little bit less and is a good, legitimate backup. And we, he and I kibitzed about that at uh, at the Super Bowl, um, Minshew and I, um, about that very possibility. He didn't say no. So at least, listen, Doors open. If, uh, hey, Khan, if you're listening and, and Weidel and company, if he does wind up in black and gold, Damashek deserves a taste, a taste, uh, just as a consultant, because because uh, I would have helped make that happen. Oh, we could go on and on. Where's Baker Mayfield going to wind up? I, I If he winds up as a starting quarterback yeah, in 2023, I don't even know what, but I, I have a feeling that that's the way we're going. Listen, we have a lot of time between now and September. We'll certainly be hitting you up to talk with you as things unfold here in the offseason. Meantime, go to New Orleans. Have some good food, and we'll kib it soon. We appreciate the time, Spielberger. Sounds great. Thank you. There he goes, Brad Spielberger, everybody. Again, PFF. Now you're seeing him on television, talking on the NFL. And, of course, Over the Cap is the best source out there for all your cap-related questions. It gets down. Even a dummy like me can understand it, so go check it out. And now a quick break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, that's that. What did you think? Great appearance once again by Spielberger, clarified. See, I'm not so crazy, though. I told everybody about Lamar Jackson, and now it sounds like there's a chance I'm going to be right. I said that this could be his last season and this thing could get sideways, and it seems like there's a decent chance that that's exactly the way it's going to go down. 
it's uh, you know I feel like me and you we've been recording since but you know 2016 and talking about you know this offseason could be crazy this could be crazy quarterback movement I actually do believe that this one could be the craziest one and just obviously Brad is one of the best in the biz at at this kind of stuff with the the caps and and, and knowing um about that I think Look, if you're Lamar Jackson, it benefits you to leave the AFC and to go to the NFC. I wonder how much players are thinking about this. Like, look, we we may have Aaron Rodgers leave the Packers, leave the NFC North, go to the AFC East. Going to be a tough division. May leave the NFL. We don't know. He's still in his his dark I I, I think he's going to come back. And uh, if I had to put, if I had to guess, I mean, Vegas thinks he's coming back. That's why the Jets Super Bowl odds are so high. Um, But I think that he's going to move over to the AFC. And you're really just left with, like, the NFC East. East, which is going to have, you know, three of the better quarterbacks in the, in the conference with Jalen Hurts, uh, Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones. And yes, I do think Jalen Jones is going to be a giant. Uh, then you look at the NFC South. You mentioned it, not a single quarterback and they may not be on the roster. NFC North it, without Rogers, there's pretty lackluster. Ju- Justin Fields is going to be fine. I think he almost is in that weird, like that Jalen Hurts phase, like last year when Hurts got booted by, uh, by the Buccaneers, he fields has that ability to use his legs. And then when they open up the offense mid season, he, you know, he was passing the ball more. I think he he has that ability to to move on. Obviously, the, the Bears, they're not as talented as the Eagles. So that division is kind of iffy. The NFC West, the Rams are going to get way worse, but Stafford's still fine. Obviously, the Niners are the best team, but dealing with quarterback issues. And uh, it's just a strange conference. So I think for Lamar to be like, hey, I'm going to leave the, the rugged AFC North, go pick a team in the NFC, and then the path to get to the Super Bowl in, through the playoffs is way easier. So I think for him, it would make a lot of sense. And then plus in the draft too, like, AFC South, like you did mention, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Colts are making a pick, probably taking a quarterback. Texans making a pick, probably taking Bryce Young if they're there at one or those two. Are, those are those are just about facts at this point that it's, both those teams are going to get a, uh, you know, uh, sure. a highly regarded, a high pedigree QB in the top 10. The AFC is just the playoff picture. Like, like what is it going to be? It's going to be Mahomes. It's going to be Herbert. It's going to be Burrow. It's going to be Pickett. Uh, potentially. Well, yeah, hopefully for you. But, you know, Josh Allen, potentially Rodgers with the Jets. Like, there's so you, all these A-level guys are all in this conference. And Lamar is an A-level player. He's a former MVP. I think if I'm him, like, yep, you, you gave a lot to the Ravens. I, I just think, look, if you want to add a Lombardi to your resume, go to the NFC. Yeah, I agree with that. And you talk about a crazy offseason. Think, consider this. As we speak, one of the all-time greatest football players, Aaron Rodgers, is in pitch black and perhaps pooping himself. As I say pooping himself, he may literally be pooping himself into a diaper and he will be a coveted free agent. That shows uh, where we are in the football season or well, in the football offseason. I, I mentioned that to Jen, and I said maybe he's doing uh, on waiver wire, and I mentioned that you know maybe Rodgers is doing that, that darkness isolation retreat to mentally prep himself for like, okay, you're about to go from the Green Bay, Wisconsin media to New York City media, and you're going to be on the front page of you know every major newspaper for the next X amount of years with that team. So maybe he's uh, going to make the decision to move to Broadway and become you know the next uh, big thing in a, in a city crowded with stars right now. So who knows? Uh, Ooh. Uh, yeah. If he gets to the Super Bowl next year, I'm not going to ask him if it's a must-win game. I'm going to be like, what was it like sitting in your own filth? I, I, I'd like to know that because I don't think I have that answer from a grown up. We'll get that. We'll get it all together. 
In the meantime, though, we are going to take a week away here as a network extra points. Do check out a lot of good shows out there. I will refer you back to our earlier week conversation with Kevin Hench. Boy, did he complain and complain and complain in an entertaining way, I mean about Super Bowl 57. Go back and listen to that. Go back and listen to our couple episodes of Extra Points this week. All the content Spaghetti mentioned, he and Jen Piacente chopping it up on uh, the season closing. Waiver Wired, the the Megans are back with the new show. And of course, now you have your side, Lemon Pepper Parlays out there. You have that to keep you warm and, uh, and keep Damashek and Beyond in your ears during our week away. We'll talk to you live two weeks from now. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.